we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking. When we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Wake that ass up in the morning. The Breakfast Club. Yep, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee, Envy had to step out, but we got a special guest in the building, man. Yes, His album sir. came out in June. It's called More Black Superheroes, West Side Boogie yes, as hell. Yes, sir. I'm finally here, man. I've been wanting to come here forever. What? It's also a scary place. Why? Because everybody's scared of you. For no reason. But it feel like you got better. It feel like you got way better. <laughs> you got better. So I, appreci- I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm glad I came during these times. <laughs> you young? How old are you, Boogie? I, I just turned 33. Oh, wow, okay, okay, I got okay. a whole 13-year-old, so I really feel 70. I ain't gonna lie, so. Damn, you got a, yeah, I got a, a 14-year-old. I got a teenager. It's the most irritating age in the world. Girl or boy? Your boy. Oh, see, I got a little girl. I think girls are worse when they're teenagers. Nah, that seems scary. Boys are just irritating because it's like a reflection of myself, so it's like I be wanting mm-hmm. to fire him up. And he's taller than me right now, too, so I got to, like, work out a little bit. He's so. taller than you. His, his, his mom must be tall. No, nah, I don't know how he ended up taller than me. He's just only, like, this much taller than me right now. Okay, though, okay, but. okay. But he's still growing. Exactly. So. And he's a basketball player, so. <laughs> you, you in here smelling like the finest of uh, weed I yes. smoke a lot of weed that's what they were saying on the airport when I got there too that, and that type of stuff irritated me when you just walking by somebody it smell like weed did you fly you bought your own in yeah I just okay. took it on the plane yeah that's good because Cali and it's legal in New York so that makes mm-hmm. sense you feel me brought me a little ounce <laughs> I'm just snitching on myself. Why, you don't like New York weed? You just... Nah, it's too expensive y'all irritate me with y'all weed I don't understand that's because we don't have the dispensaries and access I think yet like, All right, I respect it. I don't gotta deal with that. You know, they got them in Jersey. Jersey got the dispensary. So if you got a medicinal card, you can like go they to Jersey. Do in Cali. They've been doing that. Yeah, I don't need a card. I just called a homie. Yeah, yeah, in yeah, Cali, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, let's since you do have a son, let's talk about more black superheroes. The album mm-hmm. that you have out, um, you know, it came out a couple of months ago, right? Over uh, the summer, June. Yep, two months ago. Damn, yeah. that was fast. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. So how how was the process making this album? I know you had said previously that you went to therapy. For like three yeah. years, and it made it a little difficult to write at certain points. Yeah, it was tough. Um, just because the accountability factor that that came with therapy. Um, usually, I because w- I had just got out of a relationship. It was like my first like healthy relationship. I feel like I was with her <laughs> like three years. All my other relationships, I feel like, was based off trauma bonding. Mm-hmm. But this was like my first Ooh. time I had a, like a healthy relationship. It felt like so when I lost her, I was still happy because I was like, oh, I'm gonna make a fire album because like. 
I can make a heart. I can make a heartbreak album. You know what I'm saying? Then I'm in therapy, and my my therapist making me address stuff and make me hold myself accountable. So I couldn't. I feel like I couldn't approach music the same. It was hard to make certain songs, and yeah, it took a while to even figure out what I wanted to talk about. Now, Man. when you talk about your previous relationships before that, mm-hmm. what do you mean by trauma bonding? Like, what was like? Just my baby, like my baby mama. Um, we I think we were just two hurt people mm-hmm. that just was fighting just so we can make up. The making up part was the best part for me because like. Makeup sex, you know what I'm saying? It's passionate. Some, yeah, some people feel like fighting means you really care too. Like when you guys argue passionately, and I've had people tell me like, if you didn't feel like you want to kill the person that you're with, nah, them. yeah, and that's I hear that a lot in my community too. And I get it though, because you know, hate and love, they kind of live in the same house, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, I don't know, I don't want to be in that vibe no more because trauma bonding is so real, and we 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 have trauma bonds not even just with the opposite sex. Growing up in the hood, nah, you start hustling, or you in a gang or whatever. Sometimes a lot of that is trauma bonding too. You all bonding over the wrong shit. Trauma bond with the homies. I yes. that. That's crazy. I never thought about that so right Let's now. smoke some weed and go do a drive-by. <laughs> you right. They bring us closer That's together. That's really the most trauma bonding is, I guess it's with my homies. So yeah. On uh, LOLSMH2, man, you say one of the greatest lines I've ever heard in reference to folks trying to heal. Well, you don't say it, mm-hmm. but the woman on the, the song says it. She says, it ain't no way you still a bitch-ass nigga and you be in therapy. <laughs> Yo, I was just thinking about that yesterday, Um, how, like, when I mess up now, I feel like it's heavier to the people around me because they just expect me to be perfect because I've been, <laughs> I've been bragging about therapy. they like, oh, nigga, you ain't therapy not working for him. And I'm just like, growing is a forever thing. And that's I, right. And that's the frustrating part because sometimes my growing gets stagnant. Sometimes I take leaps forward. Sometimes I backslide and... That's all the process of it. At least I just think therapy just made me more aware of it. She gave me the tools. My therapist gave me the tools, but it's still a once a week thing. I don't. I can't afford therapy every day. So you know and, what I'm saying. I go once a week too, and that's the beauty of therapy as well, right? It teaches you you don't have to be perfect. Exactly. What made you decide to go? I was crying over my ex. Um, mm-hmm. I thought I just needed therapy. Also, shout out to my management company, Love Renaissance. Um, Summer f- first got therapy. They got therapy for her as like a Summer label. Walker? Uh-huh, okay. That's my uh. My label made her whatever, whatever you want to call it. But um, she got therapy first because she was going through a lot with the media. You know what I'm saying? So my management got her a therapist, and wow. they thought it would be a good idea if they got all the artist therapists. So What's the name of that label? Love Renaissance. Everybody need to sign the Love Renaissance. Yes, they got all the artist therapy. Even they have therapy, and we do group therapy. They do group therapy as, like, the label heads. So they're amazing. Shout Everybody need to sign the Love Renaissance. Were you resistant then. to it at first? Duh, okay. yeah. I, you know, in the in the nigga world, can I say nigga right now? Yes. <laughs> in, the, in the nigga world, it looked at it's looked at as crazy. Like that's the stigma around it. Like, what do I need to go talk to somebody I don't know for? And when I could just talk to the homies or go smoke or do something like that. So more trauma bond. Exactly. And but, even some days, I still lie to my therapist. Some days, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> some days I'll be like, I'm busy today because you, you know what I'm saying. It. It's irritating. Growing sometimes is uncomfortable, but I know that's where. The growth come, but what was your first session like? Uh, she tried to just pull up on me in the studio, like you know, just sit around and be a homie, which I appreciate, but I still like saw through it. I knew what she was doing, so it was a lot of resistance at first. It, I don't think we got a breakthrough to like maybe after the first three months. Did you pass your therapist the blunt? I tried to. No, nah, after that first time in person, it was all Zoom. Okay. So I couldn't pass her the blunt through the computer. So now, I don't what happened be, in I... the, that last relationship that had you so upset? Why did you guys break up? Um, it was a lot. I don't think I was a great boyfriend at time. I don't like like bragging about the zodiac stuff, but I'm a Virgo, and mm-hmm. I, they say we expect perfection out of so everybody. So your birthday just passed? Or yeah, it, it was like a couple days ago. I just okay. had a party two nights ago. Virgo, Virgo men are some lying You're being ass a thought. Niggas, I, I was being a thought. You think so? Sometimes, bro. And we manipulative. It's like, <laughs> it is crazy because we feel like we're so smart and we try to use it to manipulate people. That is exactly but, um, it. I think with my last relationship, uh, she what was, was she? What sign was she? Taurus. Okay. Um, Hard-headed. Yeah, exactly. She's an artist as well, though. And I think my career got so consuming for her. Not that I told, told, like, made her be consumed by me. I just think it just happened. And she started to resent me and feel like she couldn't be the artist she wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so I think we had an argument over the trash. And she was like, we're breaking up. And I was like, oh, she been checked out. She been wanted to get away. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I respect it. She dated one of the homies now, and it's irritating. But Wow. Tough, tough seeing that around the city. But that's still your homie, though. No, nah, I ain't talked to him. He act like I did something wrong to him, but damn, that's how I like. And goes. you got all these thoughts in your head. You probably like they probably been messing around. No, exactly, and that's the tough part. But oh my gosh, except, that's ex- awful. Except you're not making this better. I'm sorry. <laughs> Excepting <laughs> except was not in my control. Is it, the, the the stuff I'm learning to deal with because that's always hard. I feel like I always got to control the situation. So what accountability did you take? Because I know you said it's about accountability too. 
Um, just not speaking up on stuff I wanted. Just like instead of me just holding so much stuff in and like putting so much pressure on her, I could have just spoke on it. We could have got through it. Um, and I think supporting her more. And like I, I was making it seem like just because I was paying for stuff, I was being a great boyfriend. Mm. Like, and I know it was more than that. I needed yeah. to support her and the stuff she cared about, and really paid attention, pay attention to the details. And I don't think I was doing that. So is this song nonchalant about that relationship where you just act like I'm not calling you? You, uh, nonchalant is really more so about me moving around, acting like a fuck nigga, and being confused on why she treated me like a fuck nigga. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just like me bragging about how I'm finna take her piece and like, why are you not answering the phone? And, or just me being irritated by girls who post on Instagram and don't text me back. Cause I literally hate that, but. <laughs> now you were being a thought for your birthday. What is being a thought to you? I, I thought I could be Bill Bellamy, like how to be a player and like invite all my shorties oh to my one gosh, place. Nope. And it just did not work out. And I thought I was being so clean. It's not like I was hugging up on anybody, but. I guess girls just could read through stuff. Energy. Yeah, especially if they think they're dating you and they, and you get invited. You think you the one. Like, yeah, he invited and, me to his birthday party, so it's special. And that's the thing. I'm re- Even though I'll be honest with these girls, I think if I still move a certain way, I still think I'm the bad person. Because I'll be telling them I'm not ready to be in a relationship. But me knowing that they're not really understanding what I'm saying and still choosing to move forward with them, I'm still in the wrong. So. Mm-hmm. I invited all them there, and then the next day I got texts like, you too old to be moving like this. Like They right. Back, back to the therapy stuff. Like <laughs> Therapy's not doing nothing for you. You look lame. I'm losing all respect for you. And it ain't no way you still a bitch-ass nigga okay, and you in therapy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. <laughs> hey, question. You talked about your first breakthrough in therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like sharing what that was? I, I'll tell you if you tell me. Uh, yeah, it was about uh, my mom. It was either about my mom or my dad. I know lately I realized I got a lot of frustration towards my mom just because I feel like she never gave me a space to be emotional. Um, Your mom? Wow, I hear that with dads a lot. I feel like, yeah, my dad wasn't around. I think my mom had just raised me to be tough because she didn't want me to go out in the world and get punked, you know what I'm saying, which I get. But I think it should have been a balance because now when I get older and somebody tell me they love me or want to have emotional conversations, I shut down. It's, like, weird to me. I don't like when people get too touchy-feely. I don't like when people give me compliments. Mm-hmm. It, it mm-hmm. all it all make me glitch out. And I spoke about it in an interview before I talked to my mom about it. And then she saw it. And, and you know, she got frustrated. But I'm still glad I did it because then we had the conversation about it after. But that breakthrough happened. Me understanding, like, oh, I moved these ways in these relationships because of this relationship in my past with my yeah. mom. So that was What my did first she say? Did that change things for you guys? Um, she said sorry um, and that we're going to work on it. Um but it's still hard. My brain's so conditioned now, um, and I'm still trying to work on that. Like I said, I'm aware of it, but that don't necessarily mean the change going to happen immediately. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my first breakthrough was uh, realizing that I had daddy issues. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you addressed that on uh, Anthony mm-hmm. or in Wars and yeah, Periphery. Yeah, yeah. uh-huh. how, how difficult was it to confront that topic? Oh, man, that one is tough. And that one is because I've been saying it don't bother me forever. I've been like, my daddy, my daddy ain't been in my life. What I got this far without him. I don't need him. But then I'm like, oh, it's really affecting me. Mm-hmm. Like, this aban- my abandonment issues and everything behind it. It's like, I got to have a conversation with my dad now. Mm-hmm. I got to figure out how to let this hate go that I didn't even know I had. Like, this unaddressed trauma is so irritating. So, What, what was easier, writing that song or actually... I mean, I guess you never had the convo with your no, pops. I still ain't talked to my dad. Yeah. Um, so, writing the song was easier. And I, it's like I've like in the in the past years I've reached out I'd be like saying yo but then when he say all right can you call me mm-hmm. I just shut down and we don't end up having a conversation because it's just like I can never see myself walking out of my son's life and I know that's why I overcompensate now with my kid and I irritate him I'll be hugging on him loving him so much because <laughs> my daddy never gave me none of that mm-hmm. and I just don't understand it never makes sense to me he blamed my mama and say like your mama made it hard I tried to come around but it's just like. My baby mama could not stop me from seeing my kid. Yeah, I will say, you know, a lot of the uh, the hate that I, I started to have for my dad after therapy, once I had a conversation with him and realized he was just a man dealing with his own mm-hmm. shit, like he went to therapy two yeah. or three times a week. He was on 10 to 12 different medications. He tried to commit suicide. When I heard that, it humanized it in, yeah. a, in, a, in a real way for me. So I, I started giving him grace, You're right. a lot and of that, grace. That's what my therapist was saying about my mom when I was explaining my frustrations about her, and she was like, you understand how hard it is to be a single black mom? Like, because I was mm-hmm. mad that like, I feel like my mama didn't chase her dreams and, like, she taught me how to settle. But then my therapist was like, that's a win right there, her being able to raise you, and you need to look at how great that was. And I downplayed that. 
Mm-hmm. And, and like my mom is a survivor. She's strong as hell. So yeah. I think we forget that our parents had lives before exactly. us. Exactly. <laughs> and it goes so far back. Like the way my mom moving relationships come from my grandma. Then it's like, you know, it's just a cycle. And we the first generation that has the luxury of actually healing. Mm-hmm. They, is, they had to, they were scratching and surviving. You know what I mean? That's why I said it's the heal generation. I see all my friends is like great dads now. They all in their kids' life. Therapy is a conversation, whether people like just using it to look cool. I don't even care just mm-hmm. because like the message out there now. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you have to think you wouldn't even be who you are or where you are if it wasn't for how you were raised and the way that things happen. Yeah, that's true. I honestly am still scared to heal all the way because <laughs> as a rapper, I think you look weak. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I could thrive as a rapper being healed all the way. And I'm scared of that. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm right, but it's just like, you know, the world glorify ignorance. And it's just like. You got to play the game, it feels like, sometimes. And, that's and can anyone part. ever heal all the way? Anyway? No. You're right. Healing is a constant journey. It's not a destination. You're right. But it's just, like, positive. Me being, like, I'm scared to just become the positive nigga. Because, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Look how the world started demonizing Chance for, like, being happy. And it's like, boy, you can't be happy. I, yeah, we, we had that conversation last time Chance was here. I'm like, damn, a man can't love his wife? Like, yeah, they hating on Chance because he actually loves his wife? So in the meantime, Big Sue, Bopped and Pyro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I saw when you told Rolling Stone that you you probably like 5% healed. Yeah. When talking about your growth. Elaborate But now on her that. saying it's never going to be, I'm never going to be healed. I don't think I'm no percent. I think I'm just learning more as I grow. As I grow. So that's all it is. I'm just saying like. I'm so it's, it make it hard because I'm aware of so much stuff now, but I still dive into so much ignorant shit. Like I wake up in the morning, I turn on Whack One Hundred Clubhouse argument videos, <laughs> and that's, that's how I start my day. And then I'll be having girls spending night, and they like, "Why are you waking up on this type of time?" And I'm like, yeah. "I don't know. I'm like addicted to to like this nonsense and this chaos." Well, just find the balance. Wake up in the morning. You know what I mean? Say your prayers. Mm-hmm. You know, I go to my affirmation books. I got like three affirmation books I read, and I don't go to the internet until I get here. That's, that's six in, which is six in the morning. So it's just like it's it's, it's nothing wrong with doing it. Just don't yeah. you know, don't let that start your day. Yeah, meditation actually been helping me because I, I deal with a lot of anxiety. Like every time I got to post on Instagram or something like that, it is hard. <laughs> it is hard to turn my brain off. And I know meditation is supposed to be about like accepting the thoughts for what it is and letting them pass and staying present. But I be overthinking everything. I'm like, nigga, what I'm finna do tomorrow? Like, why they do me like this two weeks ago? And it's just like it's hard. But, but I'm you're human. I know, man. It's human. That's why I love that line. It ain't no way you still a bitch ass nigga. <laughs> you be in therapy. Yeah, I don't mean about this. That's not even about you. Nah, that's a, that's no, a good. It's valid though. Like I, I almost want to write that down and just look at it a lot. Like wow, because that's, that's a very valid line. I'm glad you appreciate it, man. <laughs> well, being that this is your first time here and we haven't had a chance to speak to you before, let's talk a little bit about your journey. Mm-hmm. And even like I know you signed to Interscope, and then how did you and Eminem link up? That was random as shit. I don't know. Uh. All right, so, yeah, I started singing off in church. I'm just fast forward. I was singing in church in Compton. Um, realized hold I t- on, man. Hold on. <laughs> I don't know why that's not <laughs> You were singing in church in I Compton? I got to talk about 30 years of life, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was My mama sent me to this church in Compton. I was getting in trouble. She sent me with her homegirl to go to church. She didn't want to come with me. You, you know call what it saying? the buyer instead of the choir? No. You know what I'm saying? That's funny as hell. Uh, if a nigga did that, I'd be so mad. Uh, but yeah, I was doing gospel raps at first. Then it was these little kids that was going to the church who was gang members already, and I thought they was the coolest niggas in the world. So I became a follower. Uh, just start following them after church. Gospel raps wasn't a thing no more. Start doing regular raps. Uh, just start rapping around the city. Got my baby mama pregnant at 19. Went to Long Beach City College. Finessed them for a loan. Bought studio equipment. Um, was recording in my mama room for about four years. Mm-hmm. This white man hit me on Twitter. In the hood, we think any white person hit us, we made it. Well, that's what I thought at the time. Uh, he became my manager at the time. He came from an EDM background. He was working with, like, Skrillex. Mm-hmm. Interscope ended up calling me. Um, wow. Yeah. I'm, yeah I, know, I'm, I know you're going through yeah, it really going, quickly. But yeah, but, yeah, I dropped a song called Oh My. Interscope uh, ended up calling me. I, I leveraged them. Like, you know, you're supposed to do all the labels. But I was going to end up going back to Interscope anyway. Signed with them. Then they put me on the shelf because my manager at the time, me and him, had hit a ceiling. And they just was ignoring my manager. It was so scandalous. But um, uh, then LVRN came around. They had got an imprint at uh, Interscope. And my A&R at the time was like, hey, man, I got this this company I think you should work with. Um, they black. And I think y'all, y'all could vibe together. At the same time, like two weeks before that, he had called me and said, hey, man, I don't know how Paul Rosenberg found your music, 
but he he fucking with you and he want to fly you to Detroit. So at the same time, I got new management and Eminem took over my contract and like out of nowhere. It's not like I don't know how he found me for real, for real. They said the Rihanna post maybe was a thing because Rihanna did post me like one of them years, mm-hmm. but. Yeah. Were you hesitant as far as Shady or were you like immediately? Because, you know, sometimes people have an issue <clears throat> signing to another artist. No, nah, I wasn't hesitant because I was already on the shelf. You know what I'm saying? And I was just trying to change my situation. I was thirsty also. And it's not like I was signing a new deal. He just took over my inner, original, my, my original contract. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So what did Eminem say when you got there? Uh, What's crazy, he don't really talk a lot. We, I think we both deal with social anxiety. I'm not even sure I'm supposed to say that, but... um. Yeah, he just, he what was dope, he told me the songs he liked was like my album cuts, and he was explaining me those lyrics, and that's what made me, that's what made me trust his judgment, because he wasn't just talking to me about the viral song, so mm-hmm. we had that conversation, I went home, and then he just gave me the freedom to create, so that's why I appreciate him, because he gave me advice when I need it, but he don't like overstep my creative process. Do you think about making songs that are going to be more mainstream, do you plan, or do you just say, I just make what I feel like making? Uh, I think this time around, uh, I made a more conscious effort to at least try to touch like faster BPMs. I think I get so comfortable making slow heartbreak music, and I think that becomes selfish to my team because like niggas, we not getting no bag off these slow ass songs. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's about pushing myself, but also not like sacrificing my integrity. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to be a team player. I want to make a hit. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm not in it to make great songs. So yeah. There's a lot you just talked about that I that. I'm lying. There's only one thing I want to unpack because mm-hmm. it's yeah. so fantastic. Most people become gang in the, in the street. You mm-hmm. became gang in the church. Yeah, exactly. It's a crazy thing. <laughs> the plan backfired. How do you, you become gang in the church? Because I'm sitting there thinking if the gang members were coming to church, they clearly were searching for something else. Well, no, we wasn't. We was going because all our parents made yeah, us go. You had to. And that's the thing. Oh. And that's the thing in LA. Gangs and churches tied. So, like, close together. Like, we all was at church growing up. Every hood had a church they went to. You know all what right. I'm saying? So, yeah. Being a little So, you was looking forward to church. Like, Loved it. Gonna... <laughs> it. I was really only going for the girls and then see the homies from the hood. So, when you got jumped in, did you, like, ask for God? Like, oh, God, this hurts. I ain't even going to lie. It was one of them things where I just was over there since I was 13. Yeah. And they just, like, accepted me. I probably fought my cousin, like, once. He was like, oh, are you from the hood now? Niggas didn't jump me. <laughs> I didn't have to deal with that. I didn't have to deal with it. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's people from my neighborhood who had to, like, grow who actually was born there mm-hmm. and had to, and had no choice but to be from there. I walked my happy ass over there, and I didn't have to. And yeah. that's, like, a message. To, I be telling my kid. I went through my kid's phone one time, and he was saying cud to his friends. And that shit broke my heart because, like, I had never prepared him bef- for that type of conversation before that. I just tried to hide the reason I started gangbanging Forgetting that I'm a rapper, he's still gonna see me throwing up my hood in these songs, yeah. and I should have been had this conversation with him because, like, yeah. And so he's silver. He he ain't went through no struggle. He don't have no reason to gang mm-hmm. bang, but that's just because the world found him before I had the conversation with him. And you know, it's tempting in L.A. Everybody wants to gang bang in L.A. because it look cool. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So that conversation broke my heart. Especially he want to be a crip, and I'm a whole blood. You know what I'm saying? So he said especially because <clears> of like, that. Boy, you want to be a crip? <laughs> yeah. Why does he want to be a crip? I don't know, man. Snoop, maybe? I don't know. Who knows, man? Be- being in a gang, is that, would you consider that a generational curse? Dang, it is. Um, I wanted to stop. I know gangbanging started with, like, a sense of us protecting our community, policing it from, like, the police or outside entities and stuff like that. But now we just poison it. I'm not going to lie. Like, But it is a sense of brotherhood, a sense of community that we don't got. But at the end of the day, we can't act like it's a good thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so it is a curse to me. What do you think when you see people like in New York emulating it or in other cities where that's not really the culture um, that they grew up I, on? Yeah, that just show you the power of uh, L.A. gangbanging. And that should be tripping me out, too, when I go other places and see it, too. But they still real ones. It's not like they punks. You go out here and they still like really with the shit and they still like living by that code. But I just think until they get hit with Dorico. Yeah, Rico's is crazy. And, and, and That's why I'm no not cold. saying my hood on no more songs. <laughs> I'm cool. <laughs> what do you think about that, about them using lyrics against artists? Uh, we were just talking about that. I think it's unfortunate. I think we got to be mindful, though, because, like, I think black, I was telling the homie earlier, I think black people got this thing. We feel like if other black people are not on the side of crime, then they punks. Like, <laughs> we'd be mad at that mayor in Atlanta or whatever she is, the governor, but the because she's doing her job. But yeah. it's just like... Just because she's standing on the opposite side of you don't mean she wrong, because I get it. 
and y'all need to be more mindful of the stuff y'all saying. I, I get what y'all doing in these streets, but why say it on the song? You know I, what I'm saying? I, I agree with you, and I realized years ago that uh, most people's perception of real or their definition mm-hmm. of real is usually something to do with some yeah, criminality. Yeah, exactly, and it's crazy. And it's like, that is, that is we conditioned by the street code. Even, like, people that got nothing to do with the street be mm-hmm. conditioned by it, so. Now, describe the title, More Black Superheroes, because you're not talking about comic books. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to make a book. Um, but this it's a layered title for me. It's about um, addressing the fact that I'm a survivor. I think uh, as black men, we go outside in the world and we deal with so much stuff and we just take it to the chin because we just take it as a norm. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to take this moment to give myself credit that I made it through these situations, um, that it's not normal, the stuff we go through. Also, it's about me addressing all the sides of myself. Like, I got a vulnerable side. I got an emotional side. Mm-hmm. I got all these different sides that I feel like combined to make the greatest version of myself and, like, the the superhero part. That's, mm-hmm. like, being extra. But I just wanted to give myself the greatest form of credit by calling myself a superhero. And also to show my kid, you know what I'm saying, that you could, a, a superhero he could touch, not one that's just on TV. It was really for my kid, too. So, <laughs> Does your son realize how famous you are? Yeah, but he still treat me like the corny dad. His friends treat me more famous than he do. I don't know if he's just trying to hide it and not make me feel cool, but I'm just dad to him. You know what I'm saying? But every time we go somewhere, people taking pictures and he get irritated. And so there's that. But now he a little TikTok famous kid. So we go out (laughs) and he got a little TikTok people saying, oh, that's DJ from TikTok. And I think that shit weird because his TikTok is him doing little freaky faces, like singing videos, you know, these (laughs) little... Little light skin faces kids be doing so. <laughs> now on the song Stuck, you talk about how you've been through hell and you can't hide it. So when you are as open about these issues like you were on this project, does it make it harder or easier to create? Um, it's easy to create. It's hard to be outside in the world. I think I'd be so drawn drained emotionally from being in the studio <clears> and being vulnerable. It's hard to be vulnerable vulnerable in person. And mm-hmm. that's the hard part when people want to have deep conversations with me in person. And I start shutting down and I'm like, I did this in a studio. Don't mean I could do this really all the time in person. But the creating part is that's my therapy because I'll be so like confined when I'm not in the studio. It's finally my release. So it's not really hard to create at all ever. And people feel, probably feel like they can relate to you. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. oh, he's dealing with the same things that I'm I dealing it, with. But yeah. just go listen to the song. We got to talk about it all the time when I see you. How receptive are you to feedback from your team? I saw you had said that when you were making this album, they were like, okay, this is starting to sound too much alike. Uh, the songs that you're doing, you got to switch it up. Is that something that you were like, people get very defensive about their own music. So yeah. how is that for you? I'm super sensitive about my art, but I'm not sensitive to the people I trust. Um, my producers, I'm with them every day, so I trust they gut, but they also with me every day. So I know we all could get complacent with each other. But my manager, Justice, he the most evil nigga in the world. <laughs> he tell me when stuff bad. He tell me when it suck. And I appreciate him so much for that because it always pushed me. Sometimes I got to be like, nigga, you from Atlanta. You just got a different ear than me. But, you know, a lot of times he right and I got to push myself. So I don't be tripping. It's when other people who I feel like don't really understand it or understand the culture got stuff to say. That's when I get irritated. But it is what it is. When white people. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Do you communicate with Eminem about your music? Like, do you send him stuff? Like, yo, what you? Yeah, um, I tell him, and he always he got he always tell me what he think I should do, and then I, I take it into consideration. Sometimes I listen, sometimes I don't. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. ever be like, M, you let you, you ever let Dre hear my shit? You know, just <laughs> <laughs> nah. I be you know I be so confused because I've never met Dre a day in my life, yeah. and like so my the ego with me be like, nigga, you don't see me out here making these moves, but yeah. then that's entitlement. I know. You know what I'm saying? It'll happen when it happened, if it's supposed to happen. But it's still a thing, though. You from the West Coast. That's yeah, Dr. like, boy, Dre. I know you see me. Yeah, like, you're right you know next to him. Like... Kendrick from the hood. Like, <laughs> what's going on, man? So, What's your relationship like with Kendrick? You know, have y'all, cause y'all, you know I'm, I'm thinking, like, y'all from the same place mm-hmm. with, the, with these last albums, Mr. Morales and the Big Step and Black mm-hmm. Superhero. Y'all kind of on the same wavelength. That like... shit had me mad at first. I'm like, damn, this nigga, he bigger than me. He didn't took my message. (laughs) But also, I want to say, if I really care about the message, like I spoke on uh, with the homies, if I really care about the message, I should appreciate Kendrick getting it out there. Because if not, if I'm just trying to hold it as my message, then I don't really care. But um, for one, that's my favorite rapper. Uh, He's from my neighborhood. And I just appreciate the doors he opened just by being himself. I never expect Kendrick to do nothing for me. He didn't gave me opportunities because... Just being a, letting me come around and to see certain stuff, being in the studio with him. Um, so yeah, shout so out y'all to y'all do Doc. have a relationship. Yeah, not he's not like my best friend. Yeah. He's just like 
somebody from my neighborhood who's accessible to everybody from my neighborhood. And you wrote on his last album, didn't you write for Summer Walker mm-hmm. when she? But that's gang pro- stuff. It, it, he, I don't even think he knew till after. That's just because you know what I'm saying LVRN gave me that play, Summer my dog. So. So when they came to you and were like, "Yeah, hey, we need you to write a verse for Kendrick's album, but it's for Summer," I was like, "You yes. like a word? Okay, nah. I thought you'd been like what? Nah, I mean you're happy to do it, but damn, you know you might want to be on that album." No, 100% I want to be on the album. I was just grateful for the opportunity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that again, I don't I don't be feeling no sense of entitlement. I just be happy, like, when niggas give me a chance because I, I be so conditioned that nobody going to look out for me. Mm-hmm. I don't trust nobody anyway. So when somebody actually give me a chance, I'm like, oh, it's good humans in the world. <laughs> and so I was just happy about the opportunity. Did was, your w- mom think that you were going to make it back then when you were um, doing gospel rap and getting started with everything? Was she real supportive? My mama always been supportive uh, of whatever I wanted to do. I, sometimes I wish she would have pushed me more when I was younger, but ever since I figured out what I, what I wanted to do in music and I had to stay at home with her and I knew she needed help with rent, but she just let me record, she 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 always told me I was going to make it and she'd be so proud of me all the time and always calling me like, I'm so proud of you, baby, and then, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you thank God often? Dang. Not as much as I should. I'd be so, I haven't learned how to be present for real. Um, mm-hmm. I'd be so focused on where I want to be and where I got to get to where I feel like I'm supposed to be. Um, it'd be hard. And sometimes I feel like I only talk to God when I'm going through stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And I need to get better at talking to him in my good times. Yeah, you got to just say it randomly. Like, right now, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus Bryce. I'm also in, like, church. Also, thank you, God. Um, but I'm also, sometimes I'll be in spiritual limbo because, like, church messed me up as far as the politics behind it mm-hmm. and as far as like it didn't feel like a, a spiritual place no more and then i don't know if i want to be christian or muslim you know what i'm saying it's a real thing mm-hmm. I, I i need to do my research but right now i am in spiritual limbo i know i believe in a higher power i believe i think in you're in religious limbo religious, not spiritual there it is that's the right term um religious limbo because my spirit is in it, i'm in tune but yeah I, I i really need to work on that too do you go to church at all still no i don't go to church no more okay Mm-mm. Can you call it church? Can you say birch? I'm just trying to, I don't know. I'm nah, just trying to keep I don't, you focused I'm not here. the homie. It was funny about me. I don't like code switch till I get around the homies from the hood. Then I start replacing <laughs> all the letters. I turn into super blood. But when I be out, I don't do that shit. And I don't be, I, I don't know how they do it so good. They can replace any letter or like off top. Yeah. I got to be, I got to think about that shit before. And some of it is blasphemous. Like you cannot say Jesus Bryce. The homies will though. No. <laughs> Do you think so? Yeah. They they wild. When you said <laughs> earlier, when you said you were thinking about where you feel like you should be or where you want to, where you're supposed to be or where you want to be, where mm-hmm. is that? The biggest rapper in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I know comparison is like a thief of joy, but it's hard. You know what I'm saying? I'm in a music industry, so I know it's about, the value is based off acc- accolades and like streams and stuff like that. So yeah, when I see Dot, the biggest rapper being from my neighborhood, it's like, okay, I want to be that plus more. When I'm signing Eminem, I don't just want to be somebody signing Eminem. I want to be bigger than Eminem. You know what I'm saying? It's a, I'm competitive still at the end of the day. So the competitive nature in me sometimes stops me from being present. You know what I'm saying? Even though I'm grateful, like I know it's a lot of people who die to be in my position. And I know I got a super fan base that, I sh- that I'm grateful for, but it's hard. You know what I'm saying? You know what was great about uh, artists like yourself and Kendrick? I feel like y'all shattering all stereotypes of what a West Coast artist is supposed to be. You know? Because back in my day, it was the lowriders mm-hmm. and the, 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 the yeah. khaki pants and the Converse and all of that kind of stuff. Like, do you think about stuff like that? Uh, yeah. And, you know, some I used to get frustrated because it felt like I had to get the love outside of L.A. first before mm-hmm. L.A. gave me the love just because I wasn't making traditional L.A. music. And then they had to catch on, like, oh, we can fuck with this. He represented us in a in a good way. And mm-hmm. I love I love my home, but that's just reality. Um, it's hard because now we got like it's like I can't explain the time we in with our music in LA, but it's just not what I make. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I get it. On the song stuff, you talk about how much you do love your hood and going back, but mm-hmm. sometimes people will tell you it's hard because people are jealous. Things could be dangerous when you go back. What's that balance like for you? I deal with survivor's guilt all the time. Um, I don't. I go to my neighborhood when I don't even have to, um, and then I force myself into stuff I don't have to, like conversations I shouldn't have no part dealing with, and that's just because sometimes I feel like I'm reaping the benefits 
uh, gangbanging when I don't have to deal with the cons of it. I could go home while they got to still live in the hood when I know the industry, like, oh, he a blood. Let's give him more streams. That's how I feel. You know what I'm saying? I know sometimes when I put on a red bandana, I get more clicks. And so that make me feel guilty because, like, yeah, I, I don't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? So Survivor's Guild is a real thing. And I love my neighborhood, but I know I can't take them everywhere. It's like it's a hundred of them, hundreds of them. You know what I'm saying? So... It's, it's also hard. like you being inspired by Kendrick, and that could push you. And then there's kids looking at you that are inspired by seeing you make it. And I also feel like sometimes when you make it and you're able to financially help other people, that's a benefit too. Yeah. The financial part is tough, though, because, like, I got a kid I got to look out for first. Mm -hmm. um, I got people that I'm with every, every day that I got to look out for. And it's just like... If I create a culture where I just give everybody money, then mm. it's just like... But, you know, that's when you create a foundation and maybe yeah. it's a scholarship thing that you do, you know, annually. Yeah, there's, you're right. There's certain things that you could do. It's not like you got to help everybody and just give money away, but I, th I do think there's a way to go about it. You're right. My homies, my it usually just be like, I got to give a verse to a lot of the homies. And, <laughs> and that'd be the tough part. It's because, so hard to say no, And too. that's the tough part because they like, you got this platform, why are you not doing this for me? But they don't understand how draining that is. Right. And also how I got to think of my brand if I like saturated too much by giving so many verses out, it don't hold the same weight. So sometimes they don't understand that. And that's when I feel guilty because like, then I got to play the game. Like management said, I can't, right. I can't drop this. And and time is money too. When people have to respect mm -hmm. the fact that you're working all the time and you do have to get compensated. Yeah, and I'm not trapping. Like this, is how I eat. And sometimes they don't understand that. Like it's all I got. So me just giving y'all verses, like crazy. When you talk about gang banging, isn't gang banging just one aspect of being in a gang? Though like, you could be in a gang and never have bang, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm just from. I'm just a gang member. I don't consider myself a gang banger because. I'm not the one in my hood that's, you know, yeah. on that time. I go yeah. over there and I'm like either the rapper or I'm trying to tell the homies different stuff about why they don't got to do this. So I never tried to, I like fight somebody, you know what I'm saying? I can, it's nothing to catch a fade, but yeah, it is different aspects of it. We got homies that we just look at for advice, like the older homies, but we got homies who go, go take that trip, who will get in that car and go do what they got to do. So it is different levels of it, but it's still all fall under the same umbrella. Yeah, and it's messed up because when you're on the outside looking in, like looking at a place like, you know, LA and you hear people say they're from certain places like Compton, Watchwell, you just automatically assume they're in a gang. Yeah, and I I did like a survey in like LA lately trying to see if everybody knew I was a blood because I, I thought I did so good <laughs> at hiding it in my brand and like finding balance and I didn't think I ever glorified it. And I was like, when you first think of me, what do you think of? And it was like blood. And I was like, what? Look at you. Well, <laughs> blood. Boogie is blood. You know, look who came up to. <laughs> Nah, that is. <laughs> it's a how yeah. are street gangs different That's from other criminal groups, funny. such as organized crime groups, motorcycle gangs, ideology groups, and prison <laughs> gangs? What the hell? Yeah, it is different gangs. The the police in LA is really the biggest gang, but mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I saw you say in an IG caption, uh, "I told myself I'm gonna start celebrating all my sins." I said, a wins. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm all so my bad. wins. Celebrate your sins. I'm about to say, I didn't have all my glasses wins. on. <laughs> but we do. But by the way, we do celebrate a lot of our sins. We do. We in do our just culture. Uh -huh. We said, uh, all my wins, so I'm proud of you, Boogie. How much has a positive self, self talk helped you? I was capping on the Instagram post. I just wanted to sound cool. I ain't going to lie. Um, <laughs> it's not, I said I was going to, like, I always say I'm going to do stuff, but yeah. the execution is always the hard part. So I haven't really been hyping myself up, like I said, I'm going to do, even since my album came out. I ain't even sat down and be like, oh, Bug, be proud of yourself. Because then, like, I'm already back in the studio trying to compete already. Yeah. With everybody, Are you so. doing a deluxe album? Yeah, but I'm also trying to drop work on a project to drop right after that. So my brain is kind of, like, all over the so place So you don't right give now. yourself positive self-talk? No, I haven't. I'm going to start. Yeah. I'm going to start. I promise I'm going to start. That's a way to combat the anxiety because, you know, the anxiety will tell you that Whatever could go wrong will go wrong. Anxiety will have you out here like Chicken Little, the sky is falling. So it is good yeah. to give yourself that positive self -talk. My anxiety is crazy. It happens. Trust me, I deal with it every Let day. I tell y'all, and I know I got to post on Instagram. <laughs> Why is that? That shit. It's the comments. It's, it's, it's you that. worry about the people. It's like I, I open myself up. It's like I open up the floodgates. And I also never reply to nobody on Instagram. As you so should. So it's like, it's a... I'm all. It's like an exercise. Like it's of me having to be the the bigger person every time I post on Instagram, and it's just like <laughs> I don't want to have to go through that exercise every time. And you really don't tweet either. Nah, they told me to start tweeting more. I used to be like a good tweeter. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty. <laughs> a good I, I'm pretty funny, but it's just like it's not good for your mental health, man. It's hard. 
It's hard, but I ain't no bitch. I'm about to get back on it because I'm not going to let y'all punch me <laughs> on social. What about vacations? Do you go on vacation? Mm-mm. I've never been on a vacation, ever. Ever? Nope. I went to my manager's birthday last year to DR, but I ended up stopping arguments between Drum and other people. But I said Drum name. I'm so funny. Shout out my boy Drum. He's on the album, too. Yeah, that's my boy Shelly Shell. That's my brother. Why you call him Shelly Shell? His name's Shelly now. He changed the name to Shelly. Oh, it's I not Drum no more. Oh, wow. It's Shelly F.K.A. Drum. It still says drum on your album? It says Shelly, FKA drum. No, it didn't. Not on title. It said just featuring drum. Shelly, man. Let me look. Let me see. 10 push ups? 10 push ups. Let me see. Now, so they, are you planning look, to do Look right it? there. I, West Side Damn. Boogie Drum. They did that? Oh, y'all messed That's right. up. What's up? Let me get the Looks 10. Like Let me get argument. that 10, King. You gotta go. Let me get that 10, King. <laughs> Why his name don't say Shelly? Let me get that 10, King. Interscope. One. Two, Straighten that back three, up. Three, you're doing them right. Okay. Four, five, so six, spread your fingers. Seven, oh my. eight, <laughs> nine, ten. All right, oh, good yeah. money, good money, good money, good money. I nice. Got me so mad. And you high too? You just I blew your high. You a lot of breath. <laughs> I literally hate losing that stuff. So no. listen, what about a vacation though? I think maybe it's time for that. And you could take your son. Ah, uh, going. He gonna piss me off. In the first couple of days, he could stay home. I I need a vacation from him too, for real, for real. But you should. Yeah. So, but I ain't got no joint I want to bring right now. You never went on vacation with your ex? Nah, that's probably another reason she uh, was off. Sure. Nigga <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably flew her out real quick. To. For Hawaii, right there. <laughs> I know, man. I be torn. I'm a. I was a. I'm a like starving artist, bro. I'm trying yeah, to yeah. eat. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I feel like I don't got the luxury, even though I could afford a vacation. You could but. probably get a free vacation too. On me, just finesse it? No, yeah, you definitely could. They'd be like, look, we just need you to do a post. Yeah, I just started figuring out I could do that in L.A. It was a bowling alley, and I used my <laughs> name, and they let me in. I was like, oh, shit, I could finesse my name. You definitely could get a, a resort to comp that, and they just, you know. All right, we set it up. Yeah, yeah, we definitely could set that up. What, what made you want to put Soldier Boy on Can't Even Lie? Because you got Soldier <laughs> actually rapping. I was trying to be funny at first That's in the studio perfect. with the homies. I was like, yo, this give me Soldier Boy energy. I was just with my producers, and I text my manager like, the idea, I'm like, I know this sounds crazy, but what if? Then he told me Soldier Boy Price, and we paid, and <laughs> we got the verse. Wow. Fast. You give that boy that bread, you get it. You know what I'm saying? Money talk. <laughs> Shout out to Big Soldier because he gave me a, a good verse, and I'm happy for that. Yeah, he's rapping. You got exactly. him like actually rapping. Shout out to Big Soldier. Bopped in Soldier Boy. All oh, right. Oh, y'all claim him. He's, he's, he is bopped. Hey, man. It's whatever he say. <laughs> That's interesting too that we talk about price because I saw the other day NBA Young Boy Game was talking about well Wack was talking about it and Game was talking about it but getting charged to do a verse that's not offensive right when nah, because you know you deserve a certain price mm-hmm. too yeah everybody got to eat sometimes it be swap but it only it's it got to be beneficial everybody don't want to do a swap because they ain't gonna want your verse for their project they just want some bread so. <laughs> yeah you know what I'm saying I get it mm-hmm. Snoop I'm sure that that felt like a a rite of passage in a way, right? To get Snoop on a record? It did. I love Snoop because he's so accessible to all the, like, good L.A. artists. Or even, yeah. like, as long as you like, passionate about it, you, 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 you could find a way to get to Snoop. And I DM'd him, and he gave me two verses, like, in two days. And wow. I appreciate Big Snoop. And, and he got on your wave with this album. He talking about meditation and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out to Big Snoop. Side That's uh, what song is that? Rolling the window uh, down. Windows down. Windows roll down. Yep. I don't even know the name of it. Windows down. <laughs> roll the window. Smoke too much weed. Do you respond to your fans when they hit you up? Because I'm sure you've influenced a lot of them because you've been so open mm. about everything you've gone through and therapy and how you're trying to heal. Yeah, I do reply as much as I can. Um, it's just hard, though. I said I'm going to start going on live more to have, like, conversations with them, to be more, like, intimate with them. Um, because they did wait a long time for me to drop an album, and I don't want to just disappear, like, mm-hmm. off into the abyss. So I'm going to try to do better at talking to them. Well, you say you're working on your next album. If your next album, you know, if if the, if, if the, the gods are telling you, hey, man, continue to talk about what it is you're talking about, continue to talk about healing, continue to talk about growth, are you going to fight that? Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to fight it. <laughs> That don't mean I'm not gonna do it, but yeah, I'm definitely gonna fight it. <laughs> Why, <laughs> man? man? If it's real, it's real. It's like, I'm I'm conditioned, bro. I'm from a I'm from a gang. I'm like, I don't know. It's so, I said one thing. I was about to make it sound like it's layered. Yeah. I said I'm from a gang, and then it ended. But it's just hard. I don't know. Well, I why want, can't you do both? Why can't you say, hey, if, if the spirit moves you to write a record like this, write it. If it moves you to write a record like this, do it. If you if you want to do it in the same song, why not? I'm just choosing to be ignorant. I'm gonna do it, man. I'm a, I'm gonna keep talking about. I know the responsibility I got now. Um, 
not just that I spoke on therapy, just the fact that I'm aware. Um, so I got to move better, and I'm always going to move better. Well, hopefully I am. And well, listen, we're all the perfect balance of ratchetness and righteousness. Love that. You know what I mean? Did any of the girls stop talking to you from your birthday party the other night? Yeah. I tried to say hi to all of them the next day, and it's over. I really, my roster is done for. <laughs> you got to start all over. This roster right now is going to even make it more worse. <laughs> How many you had, bro? Nah, it wasn't like that. It was like just Lakers? Like, because like, the hard part is, right, people try to wait it out to see to the end, like, who's leaving with him. I know, and that's what's the crazy part, because girls start hanging around. Yeah. Let me tell you, I got home that night, right? So I was like, I'm going to be smart and just not go home with none of these bitches. You know what I'm saying? And then, <clears throat> bitches. I'm so sorry. See, wow. Perfect balance. Women, Ratchetness, righteousness. I apologize, because that wasn't cool at all. You're a work in progress. But um, these women, and I got home, and one of them was sitting in my room at 4 in the morning waiting yeah. to catch me up with another girl. And that's like one of the most scariest things. And I was like, you can't really, you can't play with these people's feelings. Like, How did she get in your room? I left my door unlocked like an idiot. And people, like some people know I'll be leaving my door unlocked because yeah. I'll just be being lazy. Um, so she knew that and she was in my room waiting for me. But there was like seven girls there. But none of them is my girlfriend. So I don't know why they was acting like that. What's the now, name of your team? Do you have a that? name? Like the West Side Boogie or something? No, man. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not proud of this. Actually. Did she stay after that? <laughs> no. She had to go home because like. She just was. She told me I was being disrespectful. She was just like, "Why would you invite me if you are gonna have these other girls there?" Blah blah this. And I said, "I actually didn't invite you. My assistant invited you. Wow. I didn't know you was coming. And I also felt like I didn't hug on none of them at the party. I stayed around the homies. So it was just her intuition. Because some other dude texted me after the party. Some singer. He was like, "I just want to let you know you a pimp." And I'm just like, how? I didn't talk to none of them girls while I was up there. So. Meanwhile, all the girls texting you, it ain't no way you still a bitch-ass nigga and you being therapy. See, man. Where's you know, the that merch? Was bad, that was a bad idea. <laughs> I know. I'm even going to make some merch saying that. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a bad idea? It was. Because no, if you invite a girl or your assistant does, they think that they're the one that's coming. That's why they got invited. Like, oh, okay. Know, but they're if like, you want to be on Fear no Factor, just say that, bro. But if we never had no conversation before that about us being in a relationship, right, just about us being time. exclusive, about none of that. Your expectations, like, you can't put that on me. Then I got to deal with the guilt after because of your expectations? That's crazy to me. So you wouldn't have been mad if they would have talked to somebody else at the party since you guys... Dang, I would have been pissed. Because it works both ways. Because I actually did that drunk shit. I remember saying one of the things to one of the girls, like, you better not do no dumb shit up here. <laughs> yeah, I was, being, <laughs> I was being toxic. Now I think about it. Your therapist, I'm sure, <laughs> talked to you about choices or... Boiches. I don't mm-hmm. know how you would pronounce that, right? <laughs> but Dang, you, you got to replace two C's in that. Yes, but you made a choice. So if those girls would have cut up in that party, that would have been your fault. It is my fault. Why? No, 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 no. You invited them. You invited them, them and you said I there was did. no You invited all that energy in your life. You're right. I didn't invite all of them, though. My assistant <laughs> invited, like, majority of them. Why would they do that? You knew who was invited, though. You know who was on the list. No, I didn't. I didn't know who was on that list. I just pulled up to it. was a party for me. I didn't pay attention to the RSVP. I just let my assistant do her thing. You know what I'm saying? And so. Now I'm starting to realize that line was probably based on a true story. Uh, a woman actually told you that. <laughs> no, all this stuff is real. That yeah. came from a real thing. That definitely came from a, a, a real woman that said that. Not her specifically, but a real experience. And there's no judgment for you now when you date, right? Like you said, you don't want to have to pass judgment on these women based off their past or things that they've done. Yeah, I don't, I don't judge. I don't judge. I just can't talk to women who dated my peers. Not like I judge them because of, of that, but mm-hmm. I just don't want to, like, you know what I'm saying? You dated Jid or, like, Smino, <laughs> niggas I got to see all the time. I don't, I'm cool. Yeah, you can't wife, you not can't wife them. But yeah, what's exactly. dated? Like, what if they just... If the homies hit, I'm cool. Okay. Do you ask those questions? Do you ask her? Or do what you if ask they the didn't homies? hit? What if they just had conversations? Now I ask the homies. I'd be like, have you dated any rappers? That's my question. <laughs> what you if did? they just had FaceTime conversations but never more than that? FaceTime conversation? I'm not sure about oh, FaceTime man. conversation. But if somebody smacked or like, you know what I'm saying? Or you gave him head or. What if he just gave her head? Uh, Munch. Um, That's funny. That's cool. I ain't got no problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I ain't got no problem with that. I don't know. That's kind of wild, bro. Your homie be like, yo, you know I ate your girl out. You're right. That's and passing you the blunt shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of crazy, actually. Yeah, any type of sexual like thing, I'm cool. Oh, man. Listen, more black superheroes is out right <laughs> yes, now. Yes, sir. Westside Boogie, support this project. Uh, I, 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 I love what you're doing, bro. Appreciate y'all having me, for real. You know what I'm saying? I love the fact that you are on your healing journey and you're expressing it through your music. You see how far away I am on my healing journey? No, you're not. You're, you're right real, where you need to be. You're a real human being. You Thank have you. a 
lot of contradictory things going on in your head, but that's how we all are. Ain't no mile markers on that on that on that road, that healing road. When man. is it deluxe? They said I was supposed to turn it in two days, but let me tell you, <laughs> I do not got it done. So maybe next week I'm gonna turn it in. So maybe it'll come out like. They can't help you. You, you <laughs> the artist. I think you're looking at me to not say the date. So oh. I can't say a date. They yeah. don't want you to miss it. The 30th. <laughs> <laughs> what's up? Oh, man. What's up, Boogie? More black superheroes out now. Thank you for coming, Appreciate brother. Appreciate y'all having me, for real, for real. Thank yes, you. sir. <laughs> it's the Breakfast Club. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch stratacoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Bring it Every rivalry. Every rematch. Every rookie debut. Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.